Hi, welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God, He loves you, and wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Uh, And so we're excited over what God is about to do. I personally believe in the beginning of the year, God spoke to us very clearly. He said, this is going to be a year of the flowing of His Spirit, that out of the belly would flow the rivers of life and the rivers of living water. And we looked at that scripture, we began to understand that in the Garden of Eden there, were, there was a river that four rivers flowed out of it. And those rivers all represented things. And as we look at this year, the flowing of the Holy Spirit, God spoke to us very clearly. Number one, people will come to Christ as never before. Little did we know we would go through this pandemic and we would see people coming, and people have been listening that have never listened before. And because of that, people are beginning to find Christ. And, and it's, it's amazing because we get response in our offices and, and we are hearing from people that they've made decisions for Christ at home that's never been to our church, never been to another church. Some people have never been to church at all. Some people have been anti-church. But you know, when you're sitting home and no place to go and nothing to do, you'll watch anything for, after a while. <laughs> all I need is a moment and I got you. Because <laughs> I'm just going to tell you God what God said and the God's word will not return void. It's not about what I say, it's what he says. And I want you to know that God is a good God. He loves you. That God sent his son to die on the cross that your sins could be forgiven. And no matter where you are or where you've been or what you've done or haven't done, God still loves you in spite of all of that. And he says, just come on to me. He says, I'll turn nobody away. So if you want to know more about that, you can contact us. We'll get more information to you. But he said the second thing this year would be a year that we would see miracles take place. Miracles take place. And somebody said to me, what do you mean by miracle? That which man cannot do. That which man cannot do. And, uh, and we're getting testimonies of the most incredible uh, miracles that are taking place. And we, we've got people that were diagnosed with this, this virus, that were put into hospitals, that were on ventilators. And they said that they began to, began to worship and just praise God. And the doctors didn't know what to do because all of a sudden they turned around. You go on a ventilator, they say 80% plus usually die on a ventilator. We've had people that have gone in, they, and they put, put them into the hospital, and they've been diagnosed them with this, and they've been treating them with it. And on the third day in the hospital, that, that the people have been praying for them, and all of a sudden they said they began to realize something had changed. The doctors came to them and said, what have you been doing? And they said, we've just been listening to our praise music and serving, worshiping God. The doctor says, we can't find a trace of this. We're going to run a few more tests. In a day or so, they let them out because they can't find the trace of it. You say... You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that or not. You don't have to believe it. You weren't the one in the hospital. I've learned a long time ago, I don't have to convince anybody of anything. But I know this, that, that we're going and seeing incredible supernatural things taking place. It is absolutely awesome. The next thing that God said to us this year, he said that in, in March of this year, all hell's going to break loose. Y'all remember that in the word of the Lord? Some of us sit and remembered. I didn't remember it. I said that that night on New Year's Eve, but it's just something that came out. I went back and had to listen to the, to the tape. And um, he said in March, all hell's going to break loose, but it's not of me. But we're going to go through this thing, and then we're going to enter into a season of incredible favor. And in the latter part of the year, he said we're going to move into another segment of this year, which is going to bring prosperity and success. So, Mr. Mayor... The latter half of this year is going to be the best time of your life. 
Mark it down. I'm so excited. We've been teaching on history, about being able to write our own history book, if you will. Be able to establish the history that God has called you to establish. I believe every one of us is supposed to be history makers. They were supposed to leave a legacy. We're supposed to leave something that causes the next generation to build upon and to grow from and, and to have something to reflect upon, if you will. I know this, that I cannot build history if I cannot see the future. When we begin to look at various people, and it's funny because I'm not using it during this time uh, because of what's happened this past week, but we, we started out, if y'all remember, first teaching on this, on this series, that Martin Luther King, that he saw the future. And when he saw the future, he came back and he marched. Oh, some of you didn't get that, did you? See, if he didn't see what his march was going to do, he'd have never marched. See, if you don't see what the end result's going to be, you have no business doing it. So we've got to see the future before we can, if you will, take advantage of the moment and, and create our history. You have to see into the future. You've got to, the Bible says, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, or entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for them. But by the Spirit, you can see them. And then he says something very unique in the book of Corinthians. He says, look not at that which is seen, look at that which is not seen. Well, if I'm not supposed to look at that, if I'm not supposed to look at that which is seen, and look at that which is not seen, if it's not seen, how can I see it? Why would God tell me to look at something I can't see? Because you can't see it with the natural eye. Look at that which is seen, that which is visible in your natural self. But look at that which is not seen is by the spiritual dynamic. Well, how do I do that? By the Word of God, He paints pictures on the canvas of our mind. We paint pictures with the words we speak. If I talk about an elephant, everybody thinks a gray elephant with a trunk. But what about a pink elephant with polka dots? But all of a sudden, I just changed what you were looking at in the elephant because now I, I said something that made you look not at the natural elephant, but look at something else. See, words paint pictures. You change things by how you speak. The Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. And God sends forth his word into our lives, and his word comes by the Holy Spirit to let us see what the natural man normally cannot see. And so this morning, I'm going to take just a few minutes. I'm not going to be real lengthy this, with this message, but I, I want us to begin to understand that God wants us to see something as we're coming through this situation that we've been in because he's taking us someplace. Come on, tell somebody, God's taking you someplace. You can't get caught up in the, in the rut of where you are. We're, we're, on, we're on a move. The only time that I can get stopped is when I stop. Oh, some of you will get that in a moment. But we look over in the book of Luke, and we look at chapter 4, and we see something very unique. We find that where, where Jesus is, is handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he has opened the book, he found the place where it is written. Next verse. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that, is, that is a unique term, proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that is referred to, it's the, it's the year of Jubilee. Why is it the year of Jubilee? Because it was the 50th year. We find that every seven years that they, the people of God were told that they were supposed to rest that, that seventh year. But then at the end of 49 years, they moved to the 50th year. Now they had two years of rest. So that 49th year, or the year before that, had to produce twice as much to carry them through. It's called Pentecost. And what would they do on Pentecost? First off, there would be a, a, a ram's horn that would be blown. 
And then the trumpets, the silver trumpets, and things would be played all across the nation of Israel. And, and everybody would know that this year has not only been recognized, but it is now in motion. Now, what takes place with that is three essential features. Number one, during that year, all servants and all those that had, had, had been sold into bondage were set free. Liberty. All those that had been in bondage were set free. You see, there were people that got in debt and got in things, and, and they sold their children. They sold, but in that 50th year, if you had been sold, if you, if you had been made a slave, that year you were set free. The second thing this, that we look at as an essential feature of, of Jubilee is the debts were forgiven, and everything that was taken is now returned. So if I, if I, if, oh, I love this. If I had a father who was a poor businessman who lost everything, all the ancestral stuff on that 50th year came back to me. I'd get another shot at it. Oh, some of you are going to get this in a minute. Turn to someone and say, you're going to get another shot at it. It's important to understand. We're, we're in a season right now, unlike any other season we've ever had. And it's a, it is an acceptable year of the Lord. And God's about to bring us back. He said, in these days, we're going to see what the canker worm, the pommel worm, the, and the caterpillar, what they have destroyed. He says, I'm going to bring it back into your life. See, when, when Pentecost happens, when the Holy Spirit is moving, and the day of atonement is when Christ died on the cross, was resurrected from the dead, atonement came to us. And when we receive Christ, we need to understand Jubilee has been released into our lives. We are now set free for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, hello, is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus and the blood of Christ, my sins are forgiven. I have liberty. And I have now the season by which everything that Christ died on the cross for is now coming back into my life. I said every, every ancestral possession is supposed to come back into my life. If I am in Christ and I'm Abraham's seed and heir according to the promise, then everything that was promised is, listen, this is my year of promise. It's a season you got to begin to begin to realize things are coming back into your life. When is that season? When you hear the sound. See, if they didn't hear the sound of the trumpet, they didn't know this year had started. If we don't hear the sound, we don't know that our forgiveness has been released. We don't know that restoration has been put in progress. The third essential thing of that is peace. Peace. Peace means we're at harmony with God. Peace doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory. In the outside world, it means I have peace in my heart with God. You can't judge me because I know who I am in Christ. Maybe I'm not doing what you want me to do. In fact, maybe I'm failing you in some ways. But that's not going to change the fact that I have the peace of God in my life. It's important we look at peace and quit allowing outward circumstances to disrupt the kingdom mindset of which God has called us into. So as we look at these three essential things, we understand it starts with a sound. I want to hear from you at home. It starts with a sound. It starts with a sound. I want you to get this in your spirit here today. The next thing we look at, he says that as we enter into this season, there'll be nothing broken, nothing missing, and nothing lost. Let's look at Isaiah 61. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of God is upon me. Now we see as Christ, Jesus was living this. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel, good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening a prison to those who are bound. Next verse. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. 
and the day of vengeance of God to comfort all who mourn. Next verse. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for a- <clears throat> to give them beauty for their ashes. Can I say something to you? You're not mature if you don't have some ashes. Everybody's going to find themselves in the prayer line sometime. But he says, I will give you beauty for what you have lost and what's been burned up and what you struggled with. I'll give you beauty for that. The oil of joyful mourning. God, across our nation today and across George's family. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Next verse. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. The desolation of many. He said, we can repair all this stuff. Listen, don't get downhearted. And and don't get me wrong. I hate to see what's going on. But I believe that we're going to be able to raise up as a people of God and be able to repair the things that have been destroyed. Someone said, you're crazy. Where are you coming from? I'm going to tell you where I'm coming from. He said, before Jesus Christ comes back, everybody wants to look at the Middle East. Everybody wants to look at the, at the uh, uh, if you will, the, the mark of the beast. Everybody wants to talk about who the, who the uh, is going to come back and create all of this stuff. And Let me tell you something. Better read your Bible. Before any of that can take place, he says, the church is going to be raised up in a supernatural fashion. And they're going to be raised up in such a dimension that people and, and even the Jewish nation, will begin to be jealous oh come on stay with me folks we're in a season that God is taking us into that is going to blow you away say well I don't believe that then just sit around watch me I'm in my 50th year ministry this year Uh, you missed it some of you are clapping because I'm old you missed it. I'm in my 50th year. I'm in my jubilee year. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you caught that or not. Well, let me keep going. Next verse. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. The sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen. In other words, the people who've used you are now going to have to serve you. People who have used you are now going to have to serve you. They might not like you still, but it really won't matter. Next verse. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Next verse. I want to go one more verse here. South, if we can. I want us to see something here. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Wow. Double honor instead of confusion. Rejoice in what God's given you. The land shall put, and in your land, you shall possess double Someone says, well, I find it hard to believe. It's amazing. I just got an a, a email this, this, or a message this, yesterday about a family that during this situation, 
about how God has so blessed them that they've even bought a, a cabin up in Tennessee and they've done all this. God has blessed us beyond measure. I had another couple come to me and they said, man, this is amazing. During all of this pandemic and everybody's running around all this stuff, they said they, they laid some people off from our job and they gave us $20,000 bonus and, and, and they gave us a raise. Had another young couple come to me and said, it's just amazing. And unfortunately, you're going to have to move from here. But they said, our, our company came to us and there's a position that's available. And we're going, to, we're going to increase your salary by 25%. We're going to pay for your house here. And then we're going to buy you a new home when we move you to the new place. Oh, oh this is all during this difficult time. So you don't believe in the double? Then sit with what you've got. See, I, I'm a firm believer that if we're willing to work the plan, God will bless it. And not everybody's going to be at the same level. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying everybody's going to walk on the same street and they're going to drive in the same car and live in the same kind. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that depending on who you are in Christ and what God has called you to do, this is a season unlike any other season. And if you'll begin to declare your jubilee, if you'll begin to hear the sound of the trumpet, if you'll begin to hear the sound that God is saying that this, this is a year of unprecedented people coming to Christ, unprecedented miracles, unprecedented favor, unprecedented success and prosperity, this is a year. But you're going to have to begin to make that sound yourself. We look in the book of Joshua, we find out that when they run around the walls of Jericho, what do they do? They say, keep quiet till the seventh day, but on the seventh day and the seventh trip around, <laughs> blow the trumpets and shout, make a sound. Judges 7, chapter 7, verse 20, we find that Gideon, he's got 300 men. He had, he had already had to get rid of 36,000 men. Because God said there's too many because I want to get the glory. He's got 300 men against thousands of the enemy. He says, but when you go out there, you break the pitchers and you shout the sword of the Lord and Gideon. You make this sound. Come on, tell somebody, make a sound. Second Kings, he says, uh, I'm sorry, First Kings chapter 18, verse 21, after the prophet had defeated the prophets of Baal, and he, he, God had told him, he said, listen, go tell the king that it's going to rain. But then he got to the king, and, and the king got him off his game because the king began to get in his face and said, you're the one that has been holding us up. You're the one that's created this, this, if you will, breach in the nature that we have. You've created this drought. It's because of you, prophet. And he got him angry. See, we can't move with anger. He got him angry. He got in a fight. He defeated the prophets of Baal. But the point is they were still in a drought. They were still in the ditch. They still had no food. They still had no water. They still didn't have what they had necessary, which God had told him, don't get in a fight with him. Just tell him it's going to rain. So now, because he's forgotten that, and he gets alone after he's defeated the prophets of Baal, we see the prophet sitting on the side of the mountain, puts his head down between his legs, and he's there praying. And somebody said, what do you think he was praying? I think he was saying, God, show me what you said one more time. If I can see it one more time. And all of a sudden, he looks up, and he says to his guy, go look and tell me if you see a cloud. One time, no. Two times, no. Three times, no. He still got it down. All of a sudden, he says, I see a, a cloud the size of a man's hand. What did he say? I hear. See, what you hear is more important than what you see. What you hear will control what you see. Oh, my goodness. I hear the abundance of rain. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 6, four lepers, they said, if we go into the city, we die. If we stay here, we die. Why sit here and die? Let's do something. And they went down to the enemy's camp. When they got there, God had made the enemy to hear. 
<laughs> to hear horses. And they thought opposing armies. And they ran for their life. They couldn't see them, but because of the sound, they, the enemy ran from I wonder what kind of sound you're making these days. You're not going to make a sound being angry at people. You're not going to make a sound tearing up stuff. You're not going to make a sound calling people names. You're not going to make a sound trying to hurt others. You make a sound by living in the kingdom, realizing what Christ has done for you. I've made a decision in my mind. I'm going to live in my jubilee because the day of atonement is when you receive Christ. Ezekiel 43 and 2, it says, The voice of God sounded like many waters. And then in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Let's put that on the screen. Ask the musicians to come and get ready. Pastor Kathy, you would come and get ready. Come on up. Let them all see you at home. You look so good. Yeah, let you go right over there and get yourself ready. She's written a song for this today. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place. Now, hold it right there. The reason we can't get things done is because of dissension. But what happens when we get in unity? The reason we have been the greatest country in the world is because when, when the difficult times came, the political parties put down their politics and joined together for victory. But when they're not joined together for victory, we can't get anything done. And I don't care whether you're a Republican, Democrat. I don't care if you're independent. I, I don't care whatever you may be. When we're not in unity, we can't get anything done. But we've got to get in unity. We've got to find that place where we can come in one accord, in one place. Next verse. And suddenly there came a sound. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly there came a sound. As of a rushing mighty wind, it filled the whole house where they were sitting. It's important to understand, sound fills the room. Oh, come on. I believe as a child of God, we should be able to walk into a room and not say a word, but by your presence, a sound. It, it amazes me. I, I go places all the time, and people walk up to me, and, and they'll ask me, are you a preacher? Do I look like a preacher? What does a preacher look like? I don't know. Because if you don't see me on the pulpit with a, with a, with a suit on, then you, you would never know if you saw me during the week. I try and stay with my son, except for the ripped jeans. I can't handle those. But <laughs> You've heard me tell the stories. I've been on a number of planes, sit there, and coming off trips and tired, traveling overseas. I'm trying to rest on the way because I know I've got to, got to I spend, you know, when you speak six times a day overseas for, you know, for five days in a row, you, when you're coming home, you're just done. Go, get ready to go to sleep. Somebody taps you on the arm. Can I talk to you? No, leave me alone. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't know. There's just something about you. Are, are, are you, are, are you a, a preacher? Or, or Do you know God? That happens to me all the time. 
And I don't say nothing. I walk into stores. I, I, I walk into restaurants. My wife will tell you. I don't know. I, do I have a, a B-I-B-L-E on my back or something? I, I don't I don't think so. I think it's the spirit that we carry with us. It, it gives off a sound. See, you can't see sound. But it's there. They tell us that dogs can hear what we can't hear. Because there's always sounds going on. My question is, what sound are we going to make? See, this is the sound of the kingdom. When you hear the sound of the kingdom, get ready The power of God's Spirit is about to release into that given situation something that has never been released before. And that's what's about to happen this year in our lives. He's about to release something into our lives that have never happened to us before. Say, what is it? I don't know what year is it. I just know what mine is. I don't know what your is is. I know what mine is. You'll get that in a minute. Bless your hearts. But he made a sound. The day of Pentecost, day of first fruits, it's the day of harvest. Feast of harvest, completion, day of Pentecost. You know what made Pentecost so incredible? When they, when they came in, they went to the temple, which is called the house of prayer. They brought of the tithe. That first fruits, they brought it in. But they gave another offering. For when they went back to the harvest or went back to sowing in the following year for a seed for the future. Prayer, praise, and presentation. Prayer, house of prayer. Tithe and offering is praise unto God for who He is. Presentation is your belief that you've got a future that cannot be denied. I'm going to stake my claim on the future that God has for me. We're going to give out stakes, and that will be announced to you in a few moments as you leave today. It's called a history maker. And you see, we make our history with the seeds we sow. We make our sound by the seeds we sow. You say, you're talking money? No, I'm talking time. talking talent. I'm talking energy. I'm talking, yes, it can be money. But there's so many variables of the seed. Someone says, well, I don't know about that. Really? Begin to praise God. God says, I inhabit the praises of my people. So I praise God so, God, so his praise becomes a seed that creates an atmosphere of God's presence. I say a kind word to someone. What does it do? If I speak to someone with a kind word, it causes them to feel good about themselves and have value in their life. And God says, what you make happen for others, I will make happen for you. So I'm sowing a seed. Every breath I take because I can't take another breath without giving up the one I've got is seed time and harvest. And today we're going to stake claim. In just a moment we're going to pray over the covenant offerings. Many of you brought, brought your covenant offerings today and we're going to pray over them. And we're going to stake our claim on the future. It's important that we understand that prayer, praise, and presentation, they release the presence of God. Everybody say presence. And when you get in the presence of God, you now can experience the power of God. And when you experience the power of God, then you know the passion of God. Prayer, praise, and presentation. Kenny, you ought to write this down. Prayer, praise, and presentation. 
releases the presence, the power, and the passion of God. And I can do that with everywhere I go. I've made up my mind every conversation I have. I'm going to make a sound of some kind that God can be lifted up. I'm going to say a kind word. I'm going to do a kind act. Every decision I make is going to be at the, is for an end result of his kingdom coming and his will being done. I have got to make sure that the sounds I make are kingdom motivated and not problem motivated. Kingdom motivated. Not, get that in your heart. I can't make a sound because of my problem because that doesn't fix my problem. But I can make a sound for the kingdom because when you make a sound of the kingdom, you're sowing a seed that releases presence, power, and passion. So I'm not telling you not to listen to your cool jazz, but make sure you've got a good Christian station with good music on once in a while too because that cool jazz can't do I like that. I've got it on my car. I've got, I've got watercolors listening to it, and I've got the cool jazz station, and I've got the 60s on it because I'm, I'm a 60s buff. Now I'm really showing my age. Love the temptations. Oh, some of you don't even know who they are. But I also have my Christian stations and my music, and i got it on my phone. If I can't hear what they're playing, I don't like what they're playing, then I get my iPhone, and I plug that into my car, and I hear what I want to hear because I know this the sound (laughs) I'm going to roar a little louder I'm going to shout a little louder the sound the sound it says the characteristics and ritual of Pentecost offering of a wave offering of two loaves of unleavened bread it's a wave offering I want you those that brought your covenant offering get it out today if you brought your covenant seed offering with you today. Someone said, we don't have an envelope. That's okay. This is not whether you have money or not, but many people have brought a seed, which we encourage you. We send, it in, we send it a letter to you in the mail. But I want you to get it out. Kind of wave it at me. Now, those who don't have an envelope, don't worry about it. Make up your mind, my life is going to be what I use to declare a sound of God's presence, power, and passion. Well, I don't, I, don't, I don't have an offering. Go out and offer somebody a kind word. Offer somebody a kind gesture. Do something kind for someone else today. Pick up your phone and call somebody that, that needs encouragement. Get on your face and spend some time in prayer praying for somebody else. This is just one vehicle. And I believe because finances, the reason it's so important is because it represents your life. You, you worked all week and they give you a paycheck and say, this is what you're worth. You do a job and you finish the job and they, they write you a check and go, thank you very much. This is what your skills meant to me. And so it represents the hours you spent, the life you spent. So when you give money, you literally, it's not the money, but it's what it represents. You're laying your life before God. And you find a way to lay your life before God. This is our season of Jubilee. It's our season to make a sound. It's a season that we need to begin to wave before God. And, and, you know, we wave for football games. We do the wave. 
But you go to church and go, oh, no, that's just so, oh, no. It's fascinating to me. Because somebody's dancing a little bit here, that we go, oh, my God, they're dancing in church. But we'll go, go to some crazy club somewhere and people act like idiots. Give me a break. We, let's, let's get real. It's time to church begin to sing a new song. Begin to dance a new dance. Begin to shout a new shout. It's time we begin to make a sound and let people know we're not embarrassed of who we are. I'm very excited about who I am as a child of God. In my coming in and going out, I'm going to offer up a sound of jubilee wherever I go. A sound of freedom. A sound of restoration. A sound of peace. A sound of nothing broken, missing, or lost. It's me living in my jubilee in my day of atonement. Thank you for listening. We trust that the message you have heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry and resources, or to show your continued support, we invite you to log on to AbundantLife.tv.